Hey, you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project, where music making matters. I'm your host, Ashley Bienyage. Each episode features interviews with local music makers in hopes to connect the vibrant Winnipeg music scene with listeners like you. Through stories of songwriting, album releases, and touring, listen to the unique journeys of local artists who love what they do. to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley being as your host today. I am here with Brandy Vezina. 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 I should have practiced that before we started. Um, how are you? I'm great. Thanks yourself. I'm, I'm great. Thank you so much for letting me be in your home. Um, it's a beautiful home and it's uh, got beautiful guests with us. We've got Holly, Harvest, and Hope, three little kitties that are the cutest. Harvest is like a kitten yeah she was found under the harvest moon so cute oh my god like if i'm distracted during this interview it's because of harvest i'm sorry she's just she's all over the place and just the sweetest anyway uh we also have a little squirt a little turtle um in the corner who i haven't said hi to yet but maybe later he'll probably make an appearance yeah (laughs) so uh for those uh who may not be familiar with you yet uh who, who are you? And you have actually quite a few titles. Um, Thank you. So uh, who are you? Okay. Just Expl- explain yourself. Okay. So my name is Brandy Vesna. Um, thank you very much. My name is Dancing White Wolf. However, I am an educator by trade. I am an author. I am a YouTuber, a blogger, and a singer-songwriter. So I got, and an animal lover. Yes, I'm a rescue mom to several different types of animals. Mm, right, and two horses, I forgot. Yes, two wild mustangs, mm-hmm. Sally and Rose Vezina. Wow, that's amazing. How do you, or what made you so busy? Or why did you take on so many titles? And how did this all happen? Uh, it kind of all happened really organically, you know. Um, I also sit on a board for the Infinity Women's Secretariat with the Manitoba Métis Federation as well. So you know, from the time I was young, my family always said that I was super just, they knew I was going to be doing some interesting stuff in life from the time I was small. So yeah, first I graduated from university. Um, This is UMFM, my alma mater. So my first degree was an environmental science degree, and then I did an education degree. I started teaching right away. Um, And then at that time, my brother was doing a lot more music. My grandparents were doing a lot of music. My stepfather and my mother had recorded a couple albums as well. Then I wasn't really um, taking the path toward music. I was just kind of establishing myself as a teacher. And um, Were you playing music though at the time? I was. Like I was singing. I wasn't writing, but I was singing with my grandparents' band, the Why Not Band. And, you know, I'd get different, you know, I would sing songs, say, like at the... Métis AGA like the Tommy Duty and band would get me up and just I was a singer right like people knew I sang but it was kind of more um very casual at that time Mm. so yeah then um as I was teaching I did receive a national teaching award through Inspire wow congratulations thank you um and I was also nominated as a top 10 educator across Canada for Canadian Parent Magazine 
so that was pretty cool but then you know um no big deal yeah that was that was, that was very Whatever. humbling yeah <laughs> but there i realized there was more so okay i chose this will be my seventh year of sobriety in november congratulations that's, thank you that was the best choice i ever made aside from going to university um and that's when everything evolved like the things i talked about and i said i wanted to do um then they started to materialize because i was you know energetically emotionally spiritually available and grow starting to mature right so yeah i started um i started blogging a friend of mine from nashville had suggested that i start blogging and um first I was doing uh, some, I was more into fitness and then um, I, then yeah, I started blogging and that took shape. She created the blog and I started working with uh, Taryn Anderson, Crystal Halliuk as my hairstylist at the time, um, Tara Roberts, Elsa Dyson. Like I had these amazing photographers in my life that there was a point in time truly and seriously where there were some pictures where I was more posing with a guitar per se. <laughs> um, but you fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. So, And what were, what were you blogging about? Um, I started off blogging about health, more health, like mind, body, spirit. And they were shorter, but I had really beautiful images and pictures with them. And then I actually um, sent some of my writing to some different magazines. And they got picked up by um, some environmental magazines online. And then I started writing for the Selkirk Journal with Sun Media. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I had a column for four years. And miigwech to everybody out there who, you know, there's a lot of people in my community all the way around Lake, Win Lake Winnipeg from the west, uh, from the east to the west that, like, they read my, they, it was so humbling. They read my column on a weekly basis. And it was something that, like, elders that I knew or even young people that I knew would come and say, you know, like, I really, really get a lot from your column. And I'm like, thank you. Oh, wow. So I was sober at this time, right? So then I would just pray and everything I needed would just flow through me. And it just, everything just started really happening. It started speeding up. So then I wrote my first book, um, uh, Raising Your Consciousness. That had that's done quite well, and then I had been hit by a semi in 2017 head on. Oh my god! Yeah, so that was right before Humboldt had happened, and my dad and I were coming back, or my dad was driving me to the um, airport in Alberta. I went out there because one of my uncles had has cancer, and I went to support like my favorite cousin. We had a sacred fire, and I prayed. I never pray for help, but I prayed to John Trudell and Louis Riel, two of my favorites, just for some extra help. And then, yeah, lo and behold, my dad and I got hit head on and we lived. And then the day I was, I had to go back, um, I sat beside one of my favorite authors, David Bouchard, and he sang, he played me a song on his flute and I sang him a song with my rattle. And it was just like, if I ever had any question about my life, I, that would, that kind of solidified that I'm meant to be here. Right. Right. So yeah, so I was singing, singing, singing. I'd go out if my brother was playing. I'd sing. I wasn't writing at all. I didn't, uh, I didn't have the confidence to yet. But as a kid, I always made up songs. I used to have like a little radio show when I was a kid. Like um, in our Christmas concerts for our community club, I always had like the lead roles. Like you know, like mm -hmm. it was just it, it was naturally in there. It just wasn't cultivated, right? So then last year, actually, um, I had been. Selected by Manitoba Music and the Manitoba Arts Network. To, right. Yeah. That was a game changer. That changed everything. For the 
uh, showcase. Yes. Yes. Mm. So that was for like emerging indigenous artists. Right. So how did you get to that point though? How did you go from not really writing to suddenly being in, in a showcase? Um, well, I applied to Manitoba. I became part of Manitoba Music because I was singing. I was doing a lot of singing. Oh, my mom and I had a band. Um, well, we had a band for a while, but the band was kind of dismembered and broke up. It was kind of <laughs> dramatic. And if my mom's listening out there, um, yeah, there were some there were some personality differences. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, same. <laughs> okay, so if you ever get into a band with your parents, uh, that that's something different. Oh, I know, I I know to never do that. <laughs> uh, I don't think I could handle that. No, it was intense. <laughs> However, yeah, so I was playing um, and singing. Oh, and in 2013, I took part in the um, NCI Jam. And okay, wow. Yeah, I placed second. I won 1500 bucks for singing Folsom Prison Blues. Amazing. By Johnny Cash. Yeah, that was great. That was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I applied to Manitoba Music, and I, you know, like I had been doing some things. I was singing here and there, getting like different gigs kind of maybe I did some gigs with my brother mm-hmm. however um, I did have enough confidence and I thought okay you know I'm going to become a member but then with that I then chose to apply um, to that showcase and I was selected and and why did you decide to to become a member of Mato Music if you were, it was kind of like a maybe like a hobby or um Oh, I just wanted to start to establish myself. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then you got it. You just happened to apply for this nice showcase and right. um, got accepted, which yeah. is amazing. Not many people can say that they can get a showcase that early on in their career. Right. So I went and um, I soon realized that I was the only one who didn't have my own music. Right. Oh, yeah. That could be a nice wake up call. Like, oh, yeah. no. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Yeah. And I had been practicing and like playing guitar and whatnot, right? Like I had at that time. But that was like the night, I'll tell you this, the night before I had had a dream. um, And because there was, I was in and out of some unhealthy relationships in my life, you know, like learn behavior, children learn from what they live with. And the night prior, there was some boot marks on my door. So an ex-boyfriend of mine had been here and I dreamt and these lyrics came in a dream and I wrote them down. And then um, I just, I took the paper with me in my writing book and then I went to, it was in Portage and I went for a walk and I prayed and I prayed specific. I mean, I prayed to my higher power, but I prayed also to my favorite John Trudell. And I was like, can you please just help me with these words? And then I went back to my hotel room and I wrote a song. And it's called that one. I haven't recorded it yet, but I, I'm keeping this one in the pocket because I really like this song. Um, and uh, it's called Danger. But the lyrics from that one came and that song just wrote itself. And then the last day of the showcase, I said, I wrote something last night. I want to play it for you guys. And they liked it. And then I came home and I played it to my brother, Jesse Bandura, who, um, you know, like I respect him as a musician and as a person, a singer songwriter. And I played it for him. And he said, okay, well, this is where I'd put the pre-course, the bridge. And in my head, I was like, oh, my gosh, you think this is good? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. So at that showcase, then I learned a lot of information about the music industry, you know, like times to release and just so many things that you don't realize that it's such a business. 
Like if you are like, I'm a full-time professional, right? Like right now I'm teaching, but mm -hmm. I know what I want to do. And I've known what I've wanted to do for a long time. Singing, speaking, and writing across Turtle Island and also um, Europe. So I, I've known that and I've visualized it and I've thought about it and I've known what I've want and the path is being, it's just, it's, it's happening. So anyhow, um, I came back and I thought, I'm going to contact Murray Pulver because I had listened to some of his music and he's very respected in the music industry in Manitoba and in Canada. He's a renowned producer. Mm -hmm. Extremely talented. And, just, and humble and yeah. sweet and extraordinary. Yeah, all around just a really great guy. Just a great human being. Mm -hmm. So I just contact him on Facebook and I just send a little blurb. <laughs> Hello, my name's Brandy Vesna, blah, blah, blah. We get in contact. He says, okay, well, let's meet at Signpost and bring me what you got. So I show up. I wrote a second song by this time, um, Walk Away. And after I wrote walk away I wept like I, I just started crying as those words came through me so um I played it for him and he's like I like it I'm like, what <laughs> are you sure is this like where's Ashton Kutcher am I gonna get punk right <laughs> <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> okay so then that was in November then we started recording um and at this time I was really struggling with my health um I had some really terrible laryngitis, like my voice, it just, my body shut down on me. I was, I was really stressed and my body just said enough, right? Mm -hmm. So we managed to record and we got the recordings done and um, it's so incredible and humbling, like I said, like, and then I also went to another, um, in the spring, I went to another um, Manitoba music and indigenous music um, showcase with other artists like Burnstick and um, what uh, Fontaine, I like her, she's sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are several other Manitoba artists there. And I learned some some more really valuable information, like what an ISRC code is. And, <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. All these different like, ways to get royalties. Exactly, yeah. And they always like, it's, I remember going to workshops, it's like, why isn't anyone else like, telling me about this? Like, why do I, why is there no like instruction booklet on how to like, do this properly oh my gosh <laughs> it's all i can say yeah <laughs> i mean like from learning how to like if you're distributing your own music oh yeah and then also i got invited alan gray eyes had invited me to um another workshop that was at the same time as the Indi uh, the indigenous music awards okay so i went to that and i was just listening 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 and learning right um so yeah, like about royalties and, you know, how to, if you're choosing CD Baby or to get in, uh, become a part of SoCan or MROC and all these different things, right? Right. Like if you know what I'm talking about out there, you know, but if you're just emerging, it's really confusing. And overwhelming. Very overwhelming. And I mean, like, sometimes I'd be like, I'm a university educated woman as if I can't understand <laughs> this, you know? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, so everything has just beautifully come together. I have an extraordinary, amazing team. Like, my team, I love, I trust. They're beautiful. Um, Vaughn Poiser, I started taking guitar lessons with him. I've known him since I was a child. But I love him and I trust him. And we do, like, he's like that coach, you know? He has that calming effect on people that um, he can put together a great band for me like that. And my band is coming together and it's beautiful. And all the players that I have 
are truly extraordinary, talented, and I like them all. And we that might, helps. It does. It really does. There's <laughs> nobody there that I'm like, oh my gosh, you're abusive and a bully, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that around That's you, good. right? Oh, yeah. I Absolutely. <laughs> what, that takes the joy out of what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So Taryn Anderson um, produced and directed my music video. So it's going to be like... She's extraordinary and she has a very, anything she does is like very, she holds herself at a very high level, right? So that's coming and I'm so excited to be able to showcase, to show that to the world this Friday. This Friday is so exciting. I've been seeing some of the behind the scene photos you've been posting online and I'm looking forward to it. It also helps that you're just like the most gorgeous girl. Oh my, thank you. It's well, just right back at yeah. you, sister. Oh. <laughs> But I'm just so excited like for the visuals and um what what inspired this music video like um how did what inspired the story behind it or what what's the vision for it So the thought is you know walk away is all about being able to leave a toxic relationship a toxic workplace toxic friendships anything that's holding you back right So there's a line in my song that says um there's a way to live you see that's not such insanity so when you're living in addiction or like say you're in a codependent relationship or you're in an abusive relationship or you're drinking or whatever your addiction may be you know like you're that life becomes your normal life and it can like it becomes insane essentially right so it's just the fact to be able to get out of it, walk away from it, and um, that there's something better, you know? Like, you have to go inward. So I wrote another, I wrote a book, my third book, um, was called Going Inward, and it came out, it's on Amazon, it came out in um, February. So that was my path of going inward. So I got out of a terrible, the last terrible bad relationship I was in, Um and I realized, wow, I have to do some soul healing here or these patterns are going to repeat them, continue to repeat themselves. And this is not the life I want to live anymore. Like I've come so far being sober and recovering and being in recovery that um, that's just another form of avoidance of self, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is the story of what I had to do in order to get there. And um, I'm just so grateful to be able to share it with people who, you know, might be struggling. You know, I've... Basically, I always say to people that I become friends with at work, especially if they're married, you probably don't want to become friends with me because there's a high likelihood you might get divorced, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Because a couple girlfriends that I worked with were both married to alcoholics and in the end ended up being like divorcing and some circumstances were very like awful to get away from, but they had the strength to, you know? That's amazing. I, I, like it's such a, powerful thing and like the amount of strength you have to have to make those decisions and to pull away I can't even imagine it's I've had to meet or not had to meet but I've met a couple people who had to go through things like that and I don't I just don't know how it's just amazing I think until you are in that position you don't know what you're capable what strength what strength you have especially when you have kids like these friends of mine had children and they had to you know Mm. however I always say, um, you know, there's like a phenomenon. It's called being a wounded healer. So for the pain that we've been through, and we've all been through pain, whatever a person has been through, you can help other people as a result of having that empathy, that understanding, and that know-how to get out, right? Right. So it's, it's, 
it's beautiful to be able to share that. So this song is like super like to my heart. Uh, Murray and I have another one in the pocket that's going to be released uh, after January. That one's a little bit more sultry. Mm. Um, but I'm just keeping my lips zipped about the title because I really like the title so much <laughs> that I don't want to give it away. So stay tuned. Right. Yeah. So having gone through so much and becoming stronger, is that how it's, is that what you think has made you so much stronger to share this, these intimate stories and these personal experiences? Cause that's also a lot to be able to experience it and make it through, but also to write it down and then to sing it and repeat it over and over again to other people. Like how, where does that strength come from in that perspective? Well, um, or aspect. my spirit is my power, right? And I would have never said those words a decade ago cause I didn't understand that. So being sober I mean, I was always a strong person, like even when like, like strong, but in the wrong, like even strong, like I wouldn't bend, right? Like I was so stubborn. I had a lot of strength, but I was very stubborn and I would never apologize or never admit I was wrong. Right. But now, cause I'm wolf, um, but, and just having that humility to be able to, you know, you have to, we have to share. I think right now the consciousness, the global consciousness, the universal consciousness is just like at a point where, you know, we're starting to talk about trauma where people, my aunt and my grandma both had committed suicide when I was in my early 20s, a month away from each other. I'm so sorry. It was awful. That I didn't cry because I didn't know that crying was healing. I didn't cry about that until I was sober, like a couple years in. Like I didn't cry until I was in my early thirties, you know, like there was a decade where I didn't touch that cause it was too painful. And my, my brother had just said, you know, my poor, my auntie, she suffered in silence because we didn't know then about addiction. We didn't know about mental health. We didn't know about intergenerational trauma. We didn't talk, we did as a society had nowhere to take any of that stuff. Right. So I just think, you know, we're at such an extraordinary time um, where we're able to look at things on the bigger scale and look at behaviors that, you know, like even, okay, say per se, like in Canada right now or in the, in North America, you know, like there was a time 50 years ago where people were being lynched in Southern States. And that was like, people seen that, you know, or we go back in our epigenetics a couple hundred years back to Europe because many of us still have that European blood in us. Right. Where there was public, like the leader of my people was hung and people watch that like that is that's traumatizing you know mm -hmm. so i think we are so blessed right now to be able to share this healing and that people are being able to speak about things that they went to the grave with and they didn't have a chance to do what to be able to have any sort of freedom from that pain so i'm so grateful wow <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it really is amazing like to oh I touched my um, remote that's okay um I I just don't even know where to go from that um because it's it is really hard and I I'm starting to see that too with a lot of people who, who I know are coming out with no I actually experience depression or anxiety and even when it was starting to become a regular thing there was a lot of shame around just like acknowledging it and mm -hmm. I think it's becoming such a a norm um not necessarily a norm but people are i don't even know how to explain it it's just it's getting easier well we're able to talk right. right like we're able to talk about it i had no idea that i had anxiety you know like i think being hit by a semi and 
just some of the, like some workplace stuff and also relationship stuff just cumulatively all of it together like I don't think I had I knew that I had anxiety up until basically I had to crack right like right. my heart had to break for my soul to heal and um thankfully you know I was able to get the like for instance uh this week I'm starting cognitive behavioral therapy because I want to learn and I mean what I learn and you can't transmit something you don't have but when you learn it and you get it you get the lesson you you learn you can teach other people right right so I mean that takes a lot of strength like you know I'll say sometimes you I want to be vulnerable sometimes and that's tough I'm a cancer okay so I have like a little shell on <laughs> all the time yeah. it's not like um it's I like Brene Brown you know like it's really I just can't take off my little meet my shield and just be all meat you know right <laughs> but you know you have to because I mean I think since from being a child and having to grow up really fast and you know a lot of things that I had been through um I was tough you know from from a very young age but sometimes it's nice to be able to let down the guard but it takes being feeling safe and being able to trust people so like my circle now is super super small and um I'm really grateful for the people I have in my life because now I, you know, I have the same values and I respect them and I have really beautiful human beings in my life that I truly love and admire. And I think everybody needs that, you know, to be able to talk. And my granny is my number one favorite. Like I love my mother. I love my family, but my granny, um, and my papa, but my granny is like, she's like my best friend. You know, I can always talk to her about things that are really bothering me and, Everybody needs somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I feel so weird transitioning now, but we do have to take a break. Um, we're going to listen to Folsom Prison, a cover you did of uh, Johnny Cash. Yes. Um, why was this song important for you to cover and share with others? So at that time, I was making uh, an uh, introductory video just to say that I was a, you know, a singer, I was an author, or I wasn't an author then, but just, um, it just kind of happened that day when I was making this promo video that this video came and I'm really grateful that, uh, Luke Crawford was able to make it. So it's just very bare bones. It's two acoustic guitars by two, a father and son duo that I respect and appreciate and practiced and played music with. So it's, it's live. I mean, the vocals are, they're not super... But they're cute. It's mm -hmm. good. I like it. Yeah. And Johnny Cash is my favorite. Johnny Cash struggled his entire life with addiction. And he was, you know, he is the epitome of like an American country music singer, right? Right. Yeah. So it all just makes sense. Right. Awesome. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to Folsom Prison, a cover by Brandy Vesna. Yes. Um, originally performed, I guess, by Johnny Cash. When we come back, we'll talk more about music and country and youtube and um i guess i don't know we'll, we'll see <laughs> when we come back here with brandy vezina perfect yeah see i practice we, on our break we were having a nice little fun chat about mental health mm -hmm. and all that and it's been wonderful um we were listening to Folsom prison a cover you did um by johnny cash uh 
one thing I want to talk about was this whole YouTuber thing. Um, as someone who loves YouTube and spends a little too much time every day on YouTube, um, what got you or what, what made you decide to put yourself out there on and create videos and release them? Well, I had stopped writing my column this, uh, this past year. I had it for four years, like I had said. I've continued to blog, and my mother had suggested that I start getting into YouTube. Um, a mother that encourages a YouTube life. Very interesting. Right? <laughs> um, well, seeing as YouTube is the second most used search engine, and it is growing by, like, billions of users each year, it's it's essential, right? Mm -hmm. So... I thought, you know, I have a message and I know I can do it in a good way. So I'll pray. I'll pray. And then I contacted Taryn Anderson. I did my research because I like to do things professionally. I like them to look sharp. I like them to be effective and done like in a way that is consistent with the YouTube world. So um, I contacted Taryn and asked if she would like to um, make these videos with me, if she would um, film them and then, you know, get the, I had the bumper videos made. She made my closing bumper and yeah. So I just pray and what I needed to say would come. So like the first amongst the first ones were more about like how to heal a broken heart, um, ways to avoid and identify a narcissist. So it was just like total life experience. Cause just like songwriting and any sort of writing you talk, you write, you speak, you sing about what you know best. Right. So it was just my own experience. So, you know, people, some of them, like one of the videos has had over 5,000 people watch it about um, parenting tips that work from an educator. So that's really cool and humbling that like people act and I don't get very many thumbs down. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's that's always one thing was like with with the Internet, when you when you post things, there are so many anonymous trolls. Mm. And was that like, were you worried about that or? Before I was, you know, my con like bef my mom had been not she'd been pushing me to do that because blogging like, um, you can YouTube with you can't control you can control the comments people make or not allow comments and stuff but like if a person gives you a thumbs down that's not going anywhere that's there right but I get a I I get tons of I'm very grateful for the likes I get so you know at first but. So what, when you're making yourself vulnerable, no matter what, there's going to be people who, um, it just comes from insecurity, right? So fears, doubts, and insecurities. If people would learn to love themselves, they wouldn't be cruel to others. So those people that, um, you know, do things like that, I have to have empathy for and think that's affecting them, right? Like if you're putting that negativity out there, it's natural law. It's going to come back to you. So I make sure I don't put thumbs down on videos that I don't like. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. And I, I guess I never really thought of it like from like taking it from like a, like a personal perspective. Like it is a person who's putting those videos up. Well, unless it's something horrendous, if it has anything to do with animals or something or somebody's being shamed, like that's not appropriate. So yeah. 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 And that should really be on YouTube. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. That makes sense. Um, so where do you want this to go? Like, what, how do you pull this in with your, like your music or do you want them to kind of be separate? No, ideally I really want them to work together. So I would want to, um, eventually 
leave teaching and take it on more of a international and um, I would like to do workshops with teachers, teaching teachers, how to have rapport and empathy with kids, how to connect them to the earth, connect them to themselves. Um, and I would like to sing, speak and write and bring that into a show together where people could be inspired. They could sing, they could dance, they could cry, they could smell sage and just have a total like a six dimensional experience. <laughs> Amazing. And how are you how are you balancing all of this like with the job and multiple creative output outlets? Like how are you balancing this? Well, thankfully, I've learned by experience to not waste my energy. So I'm not on things like Tinder. Um, <laughs> um, I, you know, like I said, my time is very sacred. So unless somebody is spiritually, emotionally, or financially bringing something good into my life, I don't want to allow them access to me, you know? Mm. Um, so I go to meetings on a regular basis. I told my granny today, okay, between the cats, my grandparents, and tur my turtle too, my horses, my granny said, well, at least the horses came last, not us. <laughs> no, granny. <laughs> but between, you know, those are my responsibilities. Like, the animals are my responsibility and my grandparents who I sacredly love. Um, but I make sure and go on the land a lot. I have to be outdoors. That's something that if I'm not outdoors, I can feel myself not be balanced. Um, I make sure and prepare good meals, you know, like I have to eat real food. I'm vegan. So, um, it's essential that I have to cook. Otherwise processed food. I need to make sure I'm getting enough nutrients, especially iron and B12. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's that's the only little bit of a challenge. But no, I spend a lot of time at my friend's um, sanctuary, The Good Place. And I have nieces and nephews who are pigs and chickens and calves and tons of horses. And that has brought such a level of healing to me to just go on the land and be of service. And these animals, as soon as they hear me, they're like, nah. And they all come <laughs> running. They're like, auntie's here with the treat train. <laughs> that's amazing. Where did this... this passion and love for um animals come from it had always been there i came to this earth with that um my dad's family were black angus cattle farmers and my papa um my many people with my grandfather my great-grandfather um my grandmother was a fisherman fisherwoman fisher people um and i'd been a vegetarian since i was eight Oh. Yeah, I seen a really terrible show on public access television at my cousin Monda's barbecue um, that was etched in my brain. Um, and my first degree, like I said, was an environmental science degree. And I've just been this way from day one. So, I mean, I thought it, there was a time when uh, free range was like the best of the worst. But then this winter I had seen some chickens that came from a free range farm and it was awful the where how they came to my friend's animal sanctuary and I ate eggs you know in the past and whatnot mm -hmm. and nope I just yeah plus I mean my thought is this like as we learn to love ourselves as a person as a species then we can if we are like stuck in fear and shame and like we're not good within ourselves. We can't transmit what we don't have, like I mentioned, right? So my idea and is to love the earth, love animals, love children, and protect elders. You know, like that's it. That's what's sacred. And those are the ones who right now, at this time when things are so incredibly out of balance, they're the ones who are most vulnerable and they need advocates. And I swear, as somebody who's 
been an animal advocate forever. I can't, I'm so thankful that consciousness is changing. And even the kids in my class know, you know, like Miss V doesn't buy uh, one time use plastic. I'm not going to bring that into the classroom. When we have um, pancake breakfast, we'll bring our own plates and forks and knives and wash them instead of adding that to um, to basically our footprint, right? So just thankfully, I mean, my family also gave me the freedom to make these choices. My mom didn't force me to eat meat when I was a kid and say, smarten up, eat your meat, you know? <laughs> she allowed me to be this, right, from right. day one. So she she definitely, um, she built confidence in me as a child to be who I am, and I'm very grateful for that. So I extend that to animals and kids and the earth and elders because you know that's that's life right yeah. if we don't have that connection to the earth what do we have like if we don't have a connection to community where do you go like you know like I think for me the most important thing that um uh, my allegiance is to the earth and to community because the answers are going to come from there not from anywhere else so I'm very grateful like I was telling you little harvest here my kitten um my friend and I were offering tobacco on the harvest moon, right? Um, we won't see one like that for however many years. And I prayed and I said, you know, like, miigwech kije manitu daganin, you know, like, thank you, spirit. Help me, help me show others to be kind and treat animals in a good way, you know? And then I swear not an hour later, there was this meowing of a tiny kitten who saved her own life under a car and as if I could leave her, right? Right. It's <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, I our apartment only allows for two cats, but I would be in the same boat. Like, there's no way we could just leave such a little sweetie, and she's just like sleeping in your lap right now. That's just a tiny baby soul, right? So cute. So I took her to the vet because you need to do that, and got her all vetted up, and now she's healthy, or she's working her way to health. Yeah, that's my other baby. That's yeah. Hope. She's a gentle soul. I want to give her. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> So for um, people who are listening who maybe want to start on this path or to be more conscious about the environment or what they're eating, do you have any advice for them to, I know this is not really about music, but right. it is important. It can heal your soul and it can maybe um, change your outlook on or perspective about life and maybe even be better write, uh, like songwriting um, topics. But how, how could people or where should people look to get started? Well, definitely, um, I would say the most important thing right now is to learn, right? So um, social media has tons of, like, for as much as social media is bothersome and we waste our time, we, we, spend, we spend data to look at things that are just a distraction. There's good, there's so much on there as well, you know? Like, I have a blog, if you want to read it, brandyvesnablog.ca, and I also have the YouTube videos that, you know, talk about um, ways to lessen your carbon footprint but there are many wonderful teachers you know um, Vandana Shiva she was quite extraordinary she talked about genetically modified foods and how we have to change the way we treat soil and look at soil because soil is sacred and without the protection of soil um, we're going to experience a lot of hardship in the future you know especially since we use genetically modified um, spray or we use genetically modified seeds and then we spray and just understand that you know everything is affected right what we do to the earth we do to ourselves 
David Suzuki, Chief Seattle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the Suzuki, I know some people might not agree, but the Suzuki is, we're so blessed as Canadians to have him, you know, so there's lots of information there. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of good things on YouTube as well that talk about, what I would suggest number one is buy what you need. Um, right now we need to, as consumers speak up because everything is coming in plastic. When I go buy a cucumber, it does not need to be wrapped in plastic. When I'm buying berries for the kids in my class, they don't need to come in plastic. Like we got to go back, say 70 years, 50 years ago when prior to petroleum based products being the most convenient because it's a farce. There's not many things that are really recycled. So we got to just use what we need and lessen what we throw away. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing that I wanted to get started on the on the show is to have like regular like environment tips and everything because mm. it's it's something that is becoming an important topic with we're in like a crisis right now and we need to be smart. And do you find that these topics are starting to show in your in your songwriting? Um. Well, the next few songs that I have coming. Um. They're not specifically about environmental issues, but you know, the way I look at it is if a person can, if I, through my music, can inspire somebody to have more confidence and love themselves, then they're going to have that energy to be able to care for more than just their problems and what's going on. Because I mean, number one, we want to be safe, right? Like that's number one. Um, But when a person can, uh, has that energy to look beyond themselves, then that's a, it's, I swear everything I'm doing right now is just, it all works together. So thankfully, if a person can, you know, learn to have a little bit more confidence through one of my songs, realize they deserve better, no more bad boys, that kind of stuff, um, then maybe they'll realize, oh, wow, look what I'm doing to the earth. And, oh, I'm, t- I'm using makeup tested on animals. Okay, that's not a good thing, you know? So, right. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I hate to slowly wrap up because this has been so wonderful. Um, but you have a very exciting release on friday Mm -hmm. um what's going in to all of that or what's happening on friday okay so friday i'm already on the indigenous music countdown which is a huge blessing and i'm congratulations thank you i'm so grateful so that walk away is on the indigenous music countdown already um and then also uh the show that I'm doing with Jade Harper and Jordan Knight Quay, that's going on. So that also is part of what's happening. Where is it happening? Um, It's happening, well, on NCI every second Wednesday. Jade's just in Europe right now. And when she comes back, we're going to convene and see what direction we're going to take. But it's every second Wednesday, twice a month at six o'clock. Um, but for Walk Away on Friday, the video is premiering. Um, it'll be available on Spotify and iTunes. I'm premiering it at the Indigenous or at the um, Manitoba Métis Federation AGA, so the Infinity Women Secretariat. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would like to show my women, my own community, my video, and I thought that was a really great way to celebrate. But yeah, so that's coming out. And then next weekend, I'm playing at Joe Black's. And if anybody wants to come out, it'll be more intimate and interactive. And it'll be a blast. It's exciting, and you'll be doing the Manitou Music Open Mic in the future. But yeah, and I also have a couple of videos coming out. Um, I just played at Recovery Day, which was amazing at the Forks. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I had a great spot. I was right before Mackenzie Phillips and Mad Child, and they were awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so 
yeah, that's coming down the line. Um, my release of my song, and I really look forward to what's what's going to happen because I mean, I know I know that um, spirit leads me where I need to go. So I have no question about the direction of. I mean, I put the work in. I don't just li- live on prayer, right? Like, oh, I pray it'll happen, but I open myself up to what needs to be and all these opportunities like thankfully this year I played at the Sakahewe you did too festival Mm -hmm. yeah you did great thank you you're welcome (laughs) um and lots of different festival opportunities but for next year I really want to be like I want to be playing a lot of festivals and doing some touring and get my get really moving Mm, that's exciting so you have a lot going on a lot planned in the future a lot of high a lot of goals that you're you're ready to to meet in the next year. So where can people follow you to stay um stay in I guess not in touch, but well, maybe in touch. But stay connected, stay right? Stay connected, yeah. Um I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I am I have a website, brandyvesna.com. Please subscribe. I have a weekly newsletter and also have brandyvesnablog.ca and I have videos on YouTube weekly. Um yeah weekly. Well, weekly, once a week. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it just takes a lot of um, discipline, right? You know that. Look at how busy you are too, right? I don't think I'm doing as much as you are. <laughs> uh, don't second guess yourself. You're doing a lot of great work. So, yeah, no, it just takes having a, having a, I say to people out there, if you know what you want and you have the desire, you visualize what you want, you put the effort in consistently, not just like flim flammy once in a while, you work at it and you visualize, you change your language to yourself, you know, like you don't put yourself down. Everything in your world will change when you become honest with yourself and you learn to love yourself and you connect to a higher power every that's the, that when you have that spiritual connection it's incredible like i could have never guessed where 10 years ago where i what i would be doing i thought i'd just be a, or not just i thought i was going to be a school teacher actually i knew i'd never just be a school teacher <laughs> <laughs> i had no intention yeah. to just teach school <laughs> yeah you had you knew that something big was happening yeah i knew that's amazing well it was, it's been awesome talking to you thank you so much for uh, inviting me into your home and and sharing your life story yeah, um it really is fascinating and inspiring to hear the well the struggles and the challenges and, and how you've overcome them and flourished because of it and um, i'm really excited to see what you do in the future thank you and it's one day at a time right right exactly <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Winnipeg Music Project. For more on local music makers, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music by Will and Art from Collector Studio, and a big thank you to UMFM for making this show possible.